0: bibles with you this morning and you want to turn there uh, turn to the book of joshua and we'll be taking uh, some scripture from chapter one in the book of joshua and uh, you know i i kind of kind of feel like maybe joshua would have really liked this song too you know that uh, uh he come to the realization he was following up on the heels of somebody who was uh uh, viewed with high esteem the uh, the man of God, Moses who said that he spoke with God face to face and that he was the one that interceded for them whenever they had come to the edge of uh, the promised land and that God had told Moses at one point, Moses you just kind of stand back from the rest of them because I'm going to destroy this nation and just make a great nation of you and Moses interceded for them And Moses, uh, they, a lot of them thought that it was Moses that had taken care of them and uh, Moses had led them for all of those years and at this point moses is gone moses is no longer there and if you remember that in exodus 17 that the people had told moses they said we uh we don't want god to speak directly to us but rather uh, 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 you just speak to god for us uh, moses and then you come and tell us well now moses is gone Moses had been told, you're not going to get to enter into the promised land because of your disobedience. And uh, uh, that right there is a sermon in and of itself about the high price of disobedience. Uh, uh, But as it was, Joshua had been with them from the very beginning too. Joshua had led them there uh, in the valley valley of Rephidim with the uh, servants of Amalek and fought against them. But it was Moses' arms held up high uh, uh, that when his arms began to fall, they found that no matter what kind of commands Joshua Joshua gave, uh, that the battle went against them, uh, but as Moses' hands were held up in praise, uh, that it didn't matter what Joshua said so much uh, as it was that if Moses' hands were held up, uh, uh, that the battle went for them so much so that it said that they put somebody on either side of Moses to hold his hands up in praise to God. You think about it, and and time would fail me to go over the list of things uh, uh, that Moses had done and the things that he'd done for this people, But the fact of the matter is he was gone. And suddenly now we have a generation that were little kids uh, holding their parents' hand as they walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. uh, uh, That I imagine that when they were let out there, them little kids, man, stuff like that sticks with a little kid. uh, That they looked to the left and they saw a wall of water. uh, And they looked to the right uh, and they saw a wall of water. But they passed through. uh, uh, They endured 40 years in the wilderness uh, wandering around. But every day manna was there for them to eat Uh, uh, and here they stand now they're the adults Uh, the next generation the ones that are going to have to do the fighting uh, uh, to go in and to lay claim to the promised land and Joshua is the one that's going to lead them Joshua at this point is somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 years old. Uh, uh, There have been lots of estimates given as to how many people there were. Uh, uh, I can tell you right now, be careful about doing that. Uh, uh, Because every time that anybody ever tried to number God's people, it was considered sinful. Uh, David made that mistake and a few others. Uh, uh, That I can tell you that what we know is there was a lot of them. Uh, And they were men, women, and children, but they weren't an army. Uh, What they were were God's people. Uh, having been led, and there they stand next to the Jordan River, the place where they're going to cross the border and invade a land that has been given to them under the command of God. And here they stand in the book of Joshua in chapter 1. They stand there looking over into the promised land. And I can tell you that if all you ever get is a look, that's not quite good enough. I can tell you that there are a lot of people out there in the world, all they want to do is look over into the promised land. They don't want to put forth any effort. They don't want to make any move. They just want everything to be handed to them. But God told them, He told them, I've given it to you. Notice what it says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. It says, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou, and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. He told them, it's yours, I've given it to you, and I can tell you that if somebody gives you something, they better be the owner of it before they give it. Now I've had people try to give me stuff that wasn't theirs to give. When I was in high school, I had a friend that worked down at a local gas station, and I come in to buy some stuff and he waved me off said just take it and I said no sir I won't do that and he said well I'm telling you just to go ahead and I looked at him I said it's not yours to give I've got the money to pay for it and I'm going to pay for it now what you do after that is on you but I'm not going to take something despite the fact you're trying to give me something that don't belong to you but now I can tell you that God has this whole world in the palm of His hand He created all all of it. And he looked at him and he said, I have given it to you. You go and you cross the river and you lay claims to it. I can tell you that whenever it was that I inherited all the things from my dad, uh, that until that I really laid claims to it, it kind of hung in limbo, uh, uh, that I was almost apologetic uh, about my claim on it, until one day it occurred to me uh, that to not lay claim uh, to what's been given to you as a gift uh, uh, is an affront to the person that gave it. Uh, and you see, uh, back in the book of Numbers, uh, it recorded that the children of Israel came there, and Joshua one of the spies that went in him and Caleb came back and they said it's our land God has given it to us we can take it the other 10 said oh it's a land flowing with milk and honey oh it's like you'd never seen but there'd be giants that dwell therein and there'd be great walled cities and there'd be every reason from a fleshly standpoint that we can't take it But Joshua and Caleb, they seen the giants, and they seen the walled cities, and they seen the chariots of iron. And they said, yeah, but our God is bigger. They said, yeah, what they're saying is true, but God give it to us, it's ours. We have but to go in and to take it. But the people wouldn't believe. And it was because of that that they wandered for 40 years, and now here they are again. God told them at the end of that He said that the children that you said would be prey to the people of this land. I'm going to give it to them. And they're gonna go in and they're gonna take it. Uh, and, and he commanded him, and he's commanding Joshua here. Uh, notice what he says in verse three: He says, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and, and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. Uh, God drew him a map uh, for the first time. Uh, a group is being told look this is yours when God commanded Abram to leave his father's people and go to the land that he would show him he said go and I'll tell you when you get there but here they stand and God said these are your borders this is your land I've given it to you and I can tell you that what God has given you you need to lay claims to now a lot of people would say brother Jeremiah you mean to tell me You're one of them name-it-and-claim-it people. No, sir, I'm not. But I can tell you that if God has named it and put your name on it, that it's yours to claim and you don't need to be backwards about laying claims to it. One of the number one things that we need to never uh, hold a loose grip on is our salvation, Uh, what God has given us, but He's also given us uh, many commands in the Word of God uh, uh, that we're supposed to heed, Uh, but He's also given us many promises uh, that we're supposed to lay claims to, Uh, that when Jesus said, Come unto Me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, Cast cares upon me, for I will care for you. He wasn't saying that just to bluster. He was giving you a promise that you can lay claims to. Whenever the adversary says you've got more than what you can bear, you can't do this. There's every reason to quit. And here they stand. Seeing those great walled cities and those giants that dwell in the land, a river stands between them and their entrance, even into the land. And here they stand with every reason to say, you know what, let's just go find somewhere else. Find something that's not clean, something that we can have. But one thing that I find remarkable about the Joshua generation is that at no point do they ever look and say, let's go back to Egypt. That is very applaudable to them uh, because their parents, every time they turned around, they had too much Egypt in them. Uh, They would look around and say, Oh, we had it better in Egypt. No, you didn't. You were slaves. Uh, Here you're free. Uh, You don't have a whip cracking at your back. But now, this young generation uh, that was brought up under the teachings of Moses, uh, uh, that Deuteronomy, uh, uh, which means the second giving of the law, uh, it was given to that younger generation uh, that had been raised under it. here they stand. And all they have to do is show up and lay claim to what God has already given them. And he says, verse 5, There shall not be any man be able to stand before thee, all the days of thy life. Now here, here's the wonderful verse that He gives them. He says, As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. If you don't need to put a star beside that verse, remember it. Do whatever you can. That God said, I'll not fail thee, and I'll not forsake thee. He may give you a task and a commandment. And I can tell you, everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord, Lord, we have a commandment, the great commission to go out and to seek those that are lost and to compel them to come in. But notice what he goes on and says. Verse 6 says, Be strong. And of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers uh, to give them. He tells them, Look, I have sworn and I have said that I'll give it to them, and I'm giving it to you. This was a promise that went way, way back. I haven't really sat down and put pencil to paper on this, but by my estimation, it's been somewhere in the neighborhood of 500 years since Joseph reiterated that promise to him there at the end of Genesis. And I love that, that Joseph said, God will surely visit you in this land and deliver you from it. And when He does, you carry my bones up from hence. Don't leave them down in Egypt, but bring them out. I can tell you, don't be content with what the dogs of the world might drag in your yard, but be content only with what God has for you. And if God has given you a promise and God has laid things out and laid out victory for you, and if you don't think that He has this morning, the altar's already open, because I tell you, you have victory here today. Notice what He says in verse 7, Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. He tells him now keep the law. Keep it in the forefront of your mind. Time would fail me to go back into Deuteronomy and to tell you and to read you the Scripture where Moses looks at him and he tells him put it on the doorpost when you enter in the land and you build your house. Put it on the doorpost. Write the commandments. Keep it on the frontlets of your eyes so that your children may ask what means this. And you may explain to them, but He told them it was so important. Write it down. Anything that's important you need to write down. And anything that's worth remembering, you'll visit it enough to where you won't have to keep it written down. You know, we live in a day and age where everybody has the ability to take a picture of things or make voice recordings like I'm doing right now for this sermon. But I can tell you that the things that are real important, we don't need to take a picture. We don't need to write down because they're important enough to us that we remember. I imagine that everybody here knows the crucial numbers in their life. Maybe their bank account numbers and their social security numbers and all of these things. But I wonder how important is the law commandments of Almighty God that we have them in our remembrance that readily. That every time that something comes our way in temptation, are we strong and very courageous because we've kept the law? I can tell you that God so often speaks to His children and says, don't be afraid. As a parent, I can tell you that's pretty important. There was a time when faith was standing on the edge of mom's porch. And I was trying to compel her to jump to me. I told her, jump, I'll catch you. She stood there and she shook her head. I said, why won't you jump? She said, I'm afraid. And I said, I'll catch you. I won't let you fall. She said, I'm still afraid, Daddy. I moved about a half step closer. I said, I will catch you and I won't let you fall. It took a little convincing, but she jumped. And thankfully, I did catch her. And I can tell you, though, that as surely as I have sworn to protect my children and to take care of them and to look out for them, God has sworn that He'll not fail you and He'll not forsake you. That if He puts you to a task, He hasn't put you to fail. That we may look around and we may see every reason that we can't succeed. But if God has decreed that we can succeed, we have but to do what He says to do. Notice what it says in verse 8. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good Success. He says it all hinges on you keeping your eyes on me. They had got there because they followed the pillar of fire uh, and the pillar of a cloud. Uh, they got there and stood exactly where they were at and were sustained for all of those years because of the provision from, from Almighty God. Uh, and I can tell you that God will provide for you. Uh, he may use somebody else to do it like He did in the land of Egypt. Uh, uh, he may provide directly for you uh, like He did there in the wilderness uh, with the manna that was just there every morning. Or like they're getting ready to do to where they're going to be able to till the land and be able to raise crops on their own. But God can, will, and does provide for us. And we may be afraid, and it's okay. It's okay to be afraid, but look to the Lord when we're afraid. Don't look to anything else. You'll notice He said there, don't look to the left, don't look to the right, look to My commandments, because when you look to God's commandments, you have no choice but to look to Him, the One who gave them. And if you look to Him, the One who gave them, I assure you, you'll put your trust in Him. Well, as I can tell you, that misplaced trust, man, that's a rough thing, isn't it? you trust somebody and it comes up fallow. But I like what verse 9 says. And I remember the first day that I was getting ready to go to Vincent Middle School just a few weeks ago. I got up and it felt like, Brother Sam, that my insides were shaking. I got up that morning. I woke up. Didn't have to get up till 5. I woke up at 3. I got up that morning and I thought, uh, "Now I, uh, I failed there a few months ago. Uh, I' come up short. Uh, I wasn't able to do what that I'd set out to do, uh, and I fell short. Uh, what's going to keep me from succeeding now? Can I do this? Uh, and by all rights, I'd just about talked myself out of it. And it was around that time that my phone vibrated and told me that the, the daily verse was up for an app uh, in my Bible. And I opened it up at that moment. I believe God ordained that. He woke me up and wanted me to be there at that particular time to see that particular verse. And it was this one right here. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. He said, Have not I commanded thee? Hasn't He given you a command uh, uh, that whenever you're afraid to speak to those that are lost, uh, hasn't He given you, uh, believer, the great commission uh, to go out uh, and to compel them to come in? Uh, Notice what He says. Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. He's saying, don't you be afraid. Don't you worry about it. the things that lay ahead. I've already conquered. And I've already defeated. You know, I'm not afraid of death, but I was afraid of a classroom full of 7th graders. And God was telling me, I've commanded you, you go. Don't be afraid because I've paved the way for you. Because He said, For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Meaning that it doesn't matter as long as you're with Him. He's going to protect you and He's going to take care of you. I think maybe King David might have read Joshua. Maybe he read that Scripture right there when he penned the 23rd Psalm and said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Though the adversary, they may compass you about, they may have every reason for your defeat. But I can tell you, Jericho may be standing just right on the other side there from you. Their great walls, their chariots of iron, their giants, their ability to stop you. But it ain't about you. It's about Him. And when you cast your cares and your burdens on Him, I assure you that Jericho is going to be an easy victory. I assure you that the things that may seem undoable will suddenly become doable. You don't believe me? Think about back in 2012, whenever it was, that, and and maybe you believed it, maybe you didn't, when I said, I'm going to college. And I can tell you that I felt like that God lined that out for me. That he, He said, I want you to do this, and I've set you to a task. That doesn't mean that I went off the rails or anything like that years earlier god brought me to the point to where that i needed to be now that task i had people tell me man it ain't easy going back and i I can agree with that assessment it's not of course i would correct them and say i'm not going back i'm going i never went to begin with here now five and a half years later here i stand on the cusp of completion completing something that people looked at me and either thought i was insane for wanting or insane for attempting And I can tell you that were it not for the hand of God and the Lord looking out for me and helping uh, through you, my congregation, uh, either through your prayers or other means, uh, uh, helping along the way, I would have never made it. Uh, And and yet God had to remind me there that morning uh, as I was getting ready to start, uh, remember Jeremiah, I commanded you to do this. Uh, And I'm going to make sure that you succeed. That I'm not going to let you fail. That you're going to go and you're not only going to survive, but you're going to thrive. You're not only going to make it, but you're going to be able to make it easily if you put your trust in Me. And I can tell you, everything out there in the world says you can't. But when God says you can, it doesn't matter what the world does. Notice what it says, what Joshua did right after that. Verse 10, Then Joshua commanded... The officers of the people saying, Pass through the host and command the people saying, Prepare you victuals. For within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go and to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. That was good enough for Joshua. He said, Alright. We're going to go in. In three days. He said, Now you gather your strength. You know the word victuals. Uh, it took me years to put that together. You know around here we call them pittles. But it's victuals. It's food. He told them, it's time to eat and gather your strength. We're getting ready to cross the Jordan. And we won't go into it, but when they crossed that Jordan, Joshua had given the command that God gave them, and he said that first the priests with the Ark of the Covenant will go down into the Jordan. And what happened was, is when they went down into the water, the water fled from them. And that same group of people that walked through the Red Sea as little children on dry ground, they were walked through uh, uh, the river Jordan on dry ground uh, and crossed over and thus the invasion began. And time would fail me to tell you of what happened to Jericho. Suffice it to say, they didn't go in with swords. They didn't go in with siege works and ladders and towers and uh, them grappling hooks that you see on them movies where they throw up over a wall and start climbing. Nothing. It said they marched around the city. They were commanded to march around it. And did that for seven days. And on the last day they were commanded at the appointed time to give a great shout. Now I believe the citizens in Jericho were looking out over the walls and saying, What are those idiots doing? Anybody that's going to take a walled city knows you've got to at least have some ladders and some grappling hooks. You can't take. What are they doing? This is ridiculous. You know what? They can march until the cows come home. That's not going to change a thing. Maybe laughing at them and holding them in derision. Shouting at them. Telling them what fools they were. But they kept marching. I can tell you sometimes that's the way the devil will do it. Do you, Ronnie. You've been commanded to march and the devil saying, you're stupid. That's not going to do anybody not one drop of good. You're foolish. It's not going to help anything. But on that last day, when that great shout went forth, it says that the walls began to crumble around them. Because while Jericho may have been trusting in their walls, Israel was trusting in the Word of the Lord. And when the walls fell, the only ones that were surprised were the ones in Jericho. And they arose and smoked the citizens of Jericho. And they won a great victory at the command of Almighty God. There's so many sermons that follow after that that I'd have you hear all day if I tried to preach them all. But I can tell you this, has He not commanded you? Has He not told you to be strong and of good courage and don't be afraid? Let's believe it. Let's act like we believe it. Let's be willing to ask a person and look at them and say, Are you saved? Have you trusted in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? What are they going to do? Do you think they're going to pull a gun and shoot you for asking them that question? They may look at you and say no, and I don't want to. That's fine. But be strong and have a good courage. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask them. We've been commanded to go out and to compel them to come in. Not drag them in. Not guilt trip them in or lure or bait them in. But to compel them. To reason with them. To tell them, look, you know at some point you're going to die. And after this, there, there's going to be a judgment. What are you going to do? And they may say, I guess I'll go to hell and party with my friends. I've heard people say that. I heard a young man say that to me one time. And I said, there's not going to be any parties in hell. Every depiction of hell that you can ever find, it talks about welling, gnashing of teeth, where the fire is neither quenched and the worm dieth not. I don't want anybody to go there. You know, I used to, when I was young and ignorant as a Christian, I used to look and say, well, now that right there, they'll find out. When the Lord comes back and they're burning in hell, they'll know. I find myself now saying, I hope they never find out. I hope that they turn before that it's too late. You know, I've thought about that a lot. You've probably heard me notice I make a lot of reference to the to Noah. You imagine though, whenever the waters began to the waters of the deep began to be broke up. Noah got on the ark seven days before it rained to drop, before any water was anywhere. You imagine hearing people. Women and children meeting on the side of the ark. Begging to be let in. And Noah might have let them in. Noah may have been there trying to figure out some way to open the door. He had talked to them for years. Told generations of people about what was going to happen and had warned them. And they wouldn't listen to him. And as the waters began to rise and they were beating on the side of the boat, I imagine that it must have been torturous to him. Do you think he was up there laughing at them and holding them in derision? I think rather he was weeping over them. This country, this United States of America needs more of the spirit of the prophet Jeremiah of weeping over this nation what it's becoming but also remember just like God told Elijah I've still got a number there's still people that's calling upon the name of the Lord that look to Him it may even be a majority it may not be readily apparent to us I can tell you this if we're called and He tells us and gives us a command if we heed His voice and heed His commands we can't fail Failure is impossible. But if we don't believe in what His Word says when it says to be strong and have a good courage and to be not afraid, hasn't He commanded you? Hasn't He told you what He wants from you? He's made it very clear here in His Word what He's told us to do. When Jesus looked at the disciples, He told them, He said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And those that believe, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Those that believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. But are we going? Are we asking? Are we seeking those? Are we trying to compel them to come in? Or are we sitting back and saying, well, that's somebody else's job. No, it's your command, just like it is mine. You may think that I have a higher calling, but I can tell you that you may have a far more target-rich environment in your workplace than what I've got. Because I can tell you that it's uh, my current profession, even though I'm not technically getting paid for it, I'm very limited on what I can say and do for the name of the Lord, by law. That doesn't mean that I don't push the very boundaries of that law and maybe even step across it on occasion or two. Because that law contradicts the word of God. And I can tell you this. I don't want to be found not doing just because I'm afraid. And I'm not courageous. And I'm not strong in the Lord. Joshua, when he was given this command, there was no reason he should have been able to succeed. But if you were to flip to the very end of the book, you'll find that one of the closing verses of the book of Joshua talks about them taking the bones of Joseph and burying them right there in the land just like Joseph had told him, just like God had said. And Where did Joseph get that? He got it from his father, who got it from his father, who got it from his father, Almighty God, that God told Abraham they were going to sojourn in a land that was not their own for 450 years. And then God would bring them out. Joseph believed that. He figured it out. He said, Egypt is that land, and they're going to be here, and that I'm going to die, and that I'm going to be buried here, but when they leave, I don't want my bones left here. I want to be brought out. And I can tell you, when God makes a promise, He'll bring it to pass, and the scope of time and human life can't even stand in the way. You'll notice Moses led them there, but Joshua was the one that led them in. But they both done it under Almighty God. Be strong and be of a good courage. Don't be afraid and don't be dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whither soever thou goest. Let's all stand and get a song.